This podcast is going to be really quick, less than 10 minutes, because we're recording outside. <laughs> so uh, we are still recording live from Manresa. We typically will do two to four podcasts every time we get together, about 10 minutes each. And we are recording live from Manresa, which is a Jesuit spiritual retreat center in Pickering. However, we were recording in the dining room, which was like recording in a tin can. All you could hear was an echo. So we decided to move outside onto a picnic table. And while this is the most beautiful studio we've ever recorded in, Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit chilly. A little bit. And I don't know how much battery life we have, so it depends on, you know, the battery might outlast us, actually. this We'll call this our Survivor Podcast. <laughs> All right, so another topic that came up um, while we were here at Manresa was about sponsorship. Um, and the reason I thought of this topic was because she was talking a lot about um, page 164 in the big book. So I'm going to grab the big book. Do you know what I'm referencing? The theme? Yeah. Yeah, so the theme I picked for the ladies' name tags and the theme for the retreat was The Answers Will Come, which comes from page 164 of our big book. And what's really cool is the retreat director, she also picked a theme, and hers was the line under the line I picked. So that whole paragraph on page 164 obviously is very powerful. If you do have a big book, check it out. It's it's the second last paragraph of page 164, which is a vision for you before the story starts. Mm. So you were referencing the line, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us? That one? Mine was, the answers will come, followed by, if your own house is in order. Oh. And then Mildred's is that one, see to it. That your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Mm. Okay, so actually I am talking about your, um, what do you call it? Theme? theme, your theme mm-hmm. for our retreat. See, my brain is freezing already. <laughs> so what I had highlighted was um, the answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Mm. And to me, I thought that perfectly summed up the answer for, my, for me anyway. When's the right time to sponsor somebody? Um, I've heard people say, you know, it's a personal choice. If that had been the only way for me to decide whether to sponsor I still wouldn't be sponsoring people I just I wasn't I wasn't into it I didn't Mm. want to sponsor um a lot of self-doubt I didn't feel that I was ready I didn't think that I had anything to share um but my sponsor told me that when you're asked to do service you say yes so when someone came up and asked me in my head the words no were screaming and out of my mouth came sure Uh, and so that's how Mm -hmm. it began Um, So another question that I've heard is, what if I'm not ready? Mm -hmm. Um, And do I stop sponsoring others when I'm going through something heavy in my own life? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, Julie says. Uh, Elaborate. Uh, So first of all, what the beautiful thing about sponsoring is don't sponsor if you don't have a sponsor. Because when shit like this comes up and you're like, am I ready? The (laughs) best person to ask is your sponsor. (laughs) That's right. Um, I do believe it's divine appointment. Uh, but I also, and it's hard because Dr. Bob sponsored Bill like months in. Now, that was when the fellowship was two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really believe you can't transmit what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And I believe as a newcomer, you definitely have to work through the steps before you take anyone under your wing because you're not well enough yet. And I don't want to do a step with someone that has never done it before because it's not for us to figure out together. It's for you to guide me through what I need. And especially when I'm going through a hard time, 
I've had two years of absolutely hellish health problems and my sponsees reaching out to me often took me out of my own right. self enough. And often one of the gifts I have with sponsoring is I am tell other women what I need to hear myself. Yeah, and it definitely, I love that. It takes you out of self. So I'm the same way. I don't stop sponsoring when I'm going through something difficult because that is definitely when I need to get out of myself and, and get out there and help other people. Um, and it eliminates self-pity. That's another great gift mm. that this program has given me. Um, you can't feel sorry for yourself when you are busy helping other people. What else did I have down here? Well, look, the answers will come if your own house is in order. Yeah, we did that. Okay, uh, so tell us what that means, though, for people that may not understand the, the full implications of that statement. Okay. Um, so obviously, like you said, you can't, uh, you can't transmit what you don't have. So we talked about doing the steps. So you need to have uh, done the steps. When the, when the organization, when Alcoholics Anonymous began, it was just two guys. And I think they both had um, what's called a spiritual experience rather quickly. And it's not... Um, for a lot of people, it's not that lightning bolt, bolt moment from God and God appears mm -hmm. to you in a bright light. Or, um, To me, it's as simple as a change, a change in attitude, a change in thinking, mm -hmm. and therefore followed by a change in behavior. Mm. Um, and so I had, <laughs> for a number of years, nobody asked me to be their sponsor. Mm. And the reason was because I had nothing to give away. I had nothing they wanted. I was angry and miserable, irritable, restless, and discontent, as it says in the big book. And that perfectly described who I was because I hadn't found the spiritual aspect of the program. It is amazing that once I found the spiritual aspect and things changed, I was able to face um, calamity uh, with serenity. And all of a sudden, people started to ask me to sponsor them. And um, I had restarted the program because I'd had uh, I went I went out and used drugs because I thought I'm an alcoholic I can't I can't drink I'll use drugs <laughs> perfect <laughs> there's, there's my higher power we're there's, so smart <laughs> SMRT smart that's right um, yeah so I did drugs and uh, of course that didn't work so I came back to the program and I started over and I found my spiritual experience by changing my attitude my thinking and my behavior and within a matter of months um, I had people asking me if I would sponsor them. Mm. So I'd been in the program for years and nothing. And then I start over with the right attitude and a spiritual experience. And uh, people were asking me to be their sponsor. So, mm. and that began a whole other exciting journey. And again, it, it starts the fire with you and your own sponsor. Cause you're obviously, you're calling up your sponsor and saying, okay, so now what, mm. what do we do now? Yeah. Um, does that answer it? Did I answer it? I think so. The answers will come if your own house is in order. So um, what that talks about is, I guess, a lot about, um, you know, admitting powerlessness, uh, finding a higher power, uh, admitting that you are not the higher power and you do need help, and then doing the work. Um, yes. Th this requires change in our behavior in order for us to get well. And uh, that change comes from doing uh, a moral inventory, which is talked about in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous um, as step four and step five, where we really start to look at ourselves. And when you first do it, it's kind of frustrating because here you are thinking that you're going to finally get to talk about all the people who've done you wrong. You get to make this great resentment list of all the people who have fucked you over. And then your sponsor flips it on you. Yep. <laughs> and you have to find your part. What? Rip off. But anyway, yeah. it's not a rip off. It's like the greatest thing that's ever happened. Because, um, yeah, it eliminates things like self-pity, yeah. self-seeking, fear, worry. 
ego. Just by doing a little Blame. bit of work. Yeah. And the rest of the steps, oh, your own house is in order, is doing the steps. So then you get your four and your five and you look at your part in things and then you have to work on uh, forgiveness yeah. and making amends and then staying connected to God through prayer and meditation for his will in your life and service. When your own house is in order, that's when the answers will come. And we are learning here over this weekend with our retreat director that if you have a right relationship with God, your life will show you if you have a right relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So if I'm connected, my life is going to be reflective of my relationship to God. I am directly a beneficiary of peace and compassion and love and self-worth when I am actually in an undefiled way connected to my higher power. Um, I've had a bit of a difficult year. And do you remember when I came to you not too long ago and I said, um, I, something about my connection with God, I felt like my connection with God was waning. Okay. And, um, and you know, she just kind of slapped me in the head today with this um, awareness, Mildred, she didn't actually physically slap me, um, with the awareness of that right relationship with God. And I do believe now that a, most there was a crisis. There was a crisis. It talks about it in the book about a self-imposed crisis. That basically sums up my year. Um, things didn't go the way I thought they should. Things didn't work out for me. People didn't behave uh, nicely, kindly, decently, and um, mm. and that hurt me. And uh, instead of just accepting that, and then realizing too that in each of these moments, especially the hardest ones in my life, there has always been a gift. A gift of learning, a gift of understanding something different about myself. And uh, and then I'm able to deepen my relationship with my higher power by relying on that higher power more deeply. And that's recently happened for me mm. again. So I'm, I'm pleased to say that. And I'm pleased to say that that was part of this weekend. So good. So many spiritual awakenings. We're just fueled by them, especially on retreats. It's one of the reasons I love retreats, because it's literally retreating my... Um, alcoholism run rampant. I get to come here and dig in and relook at everything from a different point of view and a different perspective. So there's a lot of like spiritual smackdowns happening here this weekend and it's <laughs> glorious. The one thing it's not igniting is heat and I'm not wearing a coat. So, and it is getting dark. I think we're going to wrap up now. Sounds good. <laughs> Hey, thanks a lot for listening to Two Sober Chicks. Um, we're happy that you found us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, we'd love to hear from you, and you might hear your topic suggestion on the next podcast of Two Sober Chicks. Drop us an email at... The number two sober chicks at gmail.com, and you can find us on Facebook at Sober Chicks Recovery. Is that right? Or Two Sober Chicks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just type in Sober Chicks and you'll find us. Oh, two Sober Chicks. Two. Thanks so much for listening. We love you. Have a great 24. <laughs>